Rodcast with Rod Black, brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win. Now here's your host, Rod Black. Look at him. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) boys and girls, hockey fans of all ages, the great, the great Eric Lindros. How you doing, Rod? Oh, you look good. You oh, could play you again. You, you you could play again. Look at you. Uh, we we still play, but it's not very fast. I'll give you that. You just got off the ice, apparently. Yeah, we skate over at our local rink. Uh, actually, it's the same rink I started uh, when I when my dad was transferred to Toronto when I was ten. Uh, that was our, our closest rink with North Toronto. And uh, Eric Anweiler was our general was the uh, arena manager, and he's still the arena manager today. <laughs> and uh, Mario's there. We were talking about Mario earlier. The, oh, the yeah. Skate sharpening and. Uh, no, the whole crew's there. We got a good group of guys to skate with and have some fun. Do you still get the vibe? Do you still get the buzz? Uh, I, I know the I know the way I know you is that you would love the game so much. You could talk hockey twenty four seven. Do you do you still love it the same way you liked it when you played at the highest level when you're out there? I guess I like it differently. I I like it in a different fashion. I I still enjoy getting on the ice and playing, and everyone loves to have a you know the to see a nice play progress and to be part of it and to make a nice pass. And, you know, even if it's just a kind of a a men's league or it's, we're not even a league. We're just a bunch of guys that get on the ice and and have a, do a couple drills and then get into a scrimmage. And, uh, you know, even if you're doing that, you you feel good. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's, uh, it's the best, right? Hockey's amazing. So um, that part is, uh, is, is off the charts. Um, Yeah. You know, there's, uh, there's with every, with, with, with time there's change and some change is really good and some change is you know so so and uh, i think hockey's uh hockey's uh no different than anything else yeah you, you just don't get paid for it anymore that's the only thing you don't get that check in your locker you don't have a here's the other one you don't have a locker you don't, you don't have, have a locker, locker. yeah you're you to yell at and you, know, you got you, know, you want your, get your skates done or, you, know, you, got, roll the tape. you got stinky guy next door with his equipment that he hasn't febrezed in a week Oh, that's all good. That's all part of it. I think I might be the culprit of all that uh, myself. So, but it's uh, no, it's it's still a blast. It's uh, there's no other place really where you can get a group of guys from all different walks of life in there. Um, you know, it's one thing to play the, the the sport and be on the ice for the hour, hour and a half, and have some fun out there. But a, a good part of it is also, as you know, Rod, is is the dressing room and the interaction and the the, the sharing of ideas and thoughts. And I, I, you know, you got people from all different walks of life in there, and it's it's great to listen. I, I remember bumping into you on the ice a few years ago, and I, I, it was like bumping into a, a freight train. <laughs> I still think my shoulders jelly, a jelly, maybe a jelly. No. And, and I and I honestly think I got in your way. But it, uh, but one of the things that again, I shouldn't surprise. I, I do find this with all of the great players, and you are one of the greatest. Is that the love of the game never diminishes, and you also have great thoughts on the game. So. I don't have a whole lot of time with you, but I do want to get some of your thoughts on the game today and the way you okay. see the game today from the the youngest level, the grassroots, right up to the pro level. What, what does Eric Lindros think of the game today? Well, if we're going to start grassroots, I think the kids are on the ice way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one thing to be on the ice and to have a steady, uh, steady routine from September to, say, May 2-4. Um, but the I just don't understand how you can continue the passion that you need, you know, you know, you get on the ice, you want to go full out. I don't know how you don't burn out or you get bored of it or sick of it. Or, I mean, 
I, I just don't get this whole summer hockey thing. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that. I also believe that the body needs a break. Uh, we can get into concussions later, but I know for a fact that taking time off, you know, it's not so much about the big hits all the time. It's the accumulation of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of bumps and having a chance to take the summer off uh, helps the body heal, helps the brain heal. The, the, the brain is always growing, especially in these young kids and heals right up uh, and they're ready to go fresh as, uh, fresh as daisies come September. But um, yeah, I'm a little disappointed in, in, in this push. It uh, seems to be a, a real monetary situation and and uh and people feel a lot of parents are nervous because they feel that if they don't put their kid into these programs that they're going to be left out and i i honestly i think the other way i think the kid that you want to have is the one that plays soccer the one that plays mm. lacrosse the one that learns from a different mm. coach you know you get different ideas you, you can be around different kids mm -hmm. um there's so much else out there you know water skiing uh swimming all the time just doing anything I think you're going to get a more balanced athlete and a, and a better hockey player when it's all said and done. I think we get a little short-sighted on where we are when we're eight, nine, ten years old. And, you know, if the finish line is, you know, where you want to be when you're 15 and, and you know, ready to if you're, you know, make that decision, if you really want to go for it or, or whatnot, I think that's when it happens. I, I, I don't think it needs to, the push needs to happen when you're, when you're eight, nine, ten. Yeah. It's very costly as well. Very costly. I, I, I often say that, you know, the, the next kid that comes from a lower income uh, bracket that makes it to the National Hockey League or makes it to a high level might be the first kid because it, it's just so cost prohibitive. Do you find that? We do. And we're going through that right now with uh, I coach my uh, my oldest son's team and the cost of ice is, you know, it, it's not cheap. It really isn't. Uh, the mm -hmm. big organizations in town, the the associations uh, have these huge blocks of ice and, and uh and the city allows them to, uh, you know, to, to, to take on as much as basically they want and then they sell it off later. But it's a little bit too late for that because you can't guarantee yourself if you're uh, uh, a different team to, uh, to have these uh, to have any uh, sort of guarantee on ice. So it's tricky. Listen, it's expensive. The sticks are expensive. Everything's expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the snacks I mean, are expensive. <laughs> everything is uh, everything, the water's free, Rod. Just yeah, that's those, good. Fill those water bottles up. My mom, we never had a pop after the game. I mean, that was uh, no, it's always the water bottles, and uh, you know, um, yeah, we got some kids in the team that uh, that get there by subway, and some of them that uh, have a tricky time getting uh, wow. some equipment because of uh, yeah. But then you know what? You call up a guy like Darcy Tucker, and I, you know, I call up uh, Thomas Caberlet, and it said that. Because their kids just went through, and they got a bunch of old sticks in the garage, and he was, they were kind enough to to send oh. some sticks over. And our kids uh, that uh, needed a little bit of help were uh, able to do it. So there's a way to get around it, mm -hmm. and a lot of organizations can help out. But uh, it is expensive, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. So you're coaching. You're you're like coach, coach Lane. Yeah, yeah. You are. Yeah, we're, okay. Uh, just a bunch <laughs> of eight year olds, and we're uh, we're out of the Weston Association, and. Uh, um yeah we're how do you describe how do you describe your coaching style are you uh mike keenan are you mike babcock are you uh uh sheldon keith uh who, who is eric lindross as a head coach i wouldn't know i wouldn't know how to, <laughs> what to describe it we're just getting to know each other and we're uh we're working on a lot of fundamentals we're uh, we're back to basics on our skating and edge work and we really spend a lot of time i've got i've got i got lucky i got surrounded by a couple of really good guys and uh and, and Brennan Charters and, and Brandon Season and uh, we've got a nice group uh, with our with our team and and uh, I think the kids are going to have a, a good year. We've, we're about four practice. We've had our tryouts and then we've had our first practice and 
Uh, we got a long way to go, but I think we can get there. <laughs> Do these kids know that their coach is Eric Lindros? I mean, thankfully, YouTube is there, but I, I would imagine the parents are probably beside the glass taking more pictures uh, and bringing memorabilia out than listen, the kids. I'm learning too in this whole process as well, right? I mean, I have never coached before. And 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 the, the biggest thing is, you know, how do you communicate to an eight-year-old? What makes them tick? How do you how do you get to it? How do you engage them? How do you how do you build this confidence in them where they feel like they're they want to take the next step? That's I mean, it's a real, it's a game. It's a it's a it's a it's a real mental thing. And I'm learning a lot. I'm talking to a lot of people that have been through it. Uh, uh, Scott McClellan, I had, he was my coach uh, at St. Mike's, and he's had he's he's coached uh, kids all the way through. Uh, he he plays with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I ask coach all the time, you know, uh, one to come out and to help us out and just have a look around, and and two for for little tips along the way. I mean, that's the, that's where it's about. I'm eating Larry Marson for lunch tomorrow, and he was my. Uh, Larry was our assistant coach in Oshawa, but I knew Larry since I was 10 because I used to go to his power skating uh, school um, out in the, out in Scarborough. And uh, so I'm meeting with him and he's going to bring a, a handful of, uh, uh, of drill ideas and skating ideas and things that, you know, I might not have thought of or something different that the kids uh, 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 would be able to use. So um, trying everything and we'll see where this all, all leads us. Well, I, one thing they're going to get is a guy who, who gives it his all and is going to have fun uh, and has a, a big heart. Did you ever consider coaching at a higher level, like not eight-year-olds, but junior or into the National Hockey League? I, I do think you might have made a really good coach. I don't know. I, I, no, or did you just I, have I, enough of the game when you left? I was frustrated at the end. I was extremely frustrated and it took a while to get things turned around mentally. I always loved, I mean, the, the game itself, I loved, I just didn't love the pro game and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and some of the things that, uh, that transpired. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't walk out feeling, feeling great about things. If that's, uh, I guess that's the proper way to describe this. Do you, do you, uh, what, what do you feel about the pro game now as you're a, a fan and a spectator and an alumni and oh, yeah. a hockey right. hall of famer? Well, listen, where do you start with this stuff? I mean, the skill level is crazy. The things that they're doing and the rate of speed they're able to do it at is off the charts. Their ability to go from zero to 60 is amazing. It's terrific. It's terrific. Um, it's a whole... You know, obviously the rules have changed. The hooking and holding's not there. The 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 need for mask, the need for grinding through and getting through isn't needed anymore. Uh, that that whole power because you can sacrifice a lot of times. The teams would sacrifice speed for power because there is so much hooking and holding. So that's out the window. There's still you know there's but you get into the playoffs. There's still a need to for that push and that. And I think if you find it, if you look at the, uh, you take that gear off Nathan McKinnon, you're going to see a beast of a person, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to see a, you're going to see a truck and, uh, and that's what you need. Uh, but he's got both. He's got the power and the speed and he's got all the skill in the world and, and, and the whole bit. Um, I think people would be shocked if uh, they had a, had a look. So it's, yeah, things have changed a little bit. I wish that in the, I love the playoffs. Um, and I love the way that it's set up and the, and the, and the, how the refereeing is working through there and, and what they, what they deem a penalty, you know, it's not, uh, they let it, I don't think they let anything go. I just think that that standard is where you want to have it for your championship. But in the, in the regular season, the, I, I find that that standard of, of refereeing, it, they call it a little bit, you know, tighter maybe, or, or I don't know what the term would be, but it, the standard is, 
uh, they're looking for more penalties and they're looking for all the little stuff. And, and to me, part of battling through and getting there and, and is, you know, it's, it's, you, you gotta have it. Um, so I think it's a little bit easier during the regular season, mm-hmm. uh, but during the playoffs, I really, I really truly love it. I wish, I just wish there was a little bit more, there seems to be some hate in the playoffs. I just wish that yeah. there was more, more. And that doesn't mean, right. When I say hate, I don't mean that, yeah. you're being, you know, yeah, there's not, you know, full out brawls. I'm, and I'm not talking about dirty hockey. I'm talking about competitive spirits and, and just, you know, a true natural hate for <laughs> dislike for a, for a team and, and, you know, the, 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 the desire to, to do whatever you, uh, whatever you can to, uh, to uh, accomplish your goal. So I wish that there was a little bit more of that in the regular season, but overall, I think hockey's in, uh, in, in pretty good shape. And uh, just, it, it just amazes me watching these guys uh, uh, get better and better. You know, you come to the rink, you see some of the, the peewees and some of the bantams and I'm just shocked. How yeah. the, the, Skill level's crazy. It's unbelievable. The, the, can you believe what they can do? Like, E, like, remember when guys used to do the stuff and you could do with the stick and they're like, you know, the the flipping it up. I think Chris Contos was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. You see the, like, young boys and girls at seven and eight are doing this stuff now. Yeah, no, we got a kid right now. We got a kid on our team that can do that in Michigan. And, and like, it's off the charts. So, I mean, there's that. But I, I just hope that there isn't such a focus on skill level mm-hmm. uh, and this individual situation where I find that passing becomes the last resort. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, it just seems that, and you'll see that it'll filter out because the higher you go, the kids that can really move the puck and understand the the concept of of forwarding things and being uh, in in spatial awareness and and, Mm -hmm. and being available. And, you know, the less less you have to do the one-on-one moves, the less you have to, uh, you know, have that risk of losing the puck by doing a, a high, a high risk maneuver, uh, the better off your team's going to be right. Because you're, yeah. you're just moving it around. So those ones always seem to take off and, and hopefully mm-hmm. kids can, can understand that it's a balance of, of doing both. You need to have the skill, but you also need to, to, to figure out that, uh, you got to move that puck around if you really want to go anywhere. Yeah. So I have a little theory and, 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 and I've been down your road in those shoes of being the, the daddy coach and being a coach. And what I did find, and I don't, you're going to find this is that, and I think it's taken it, that to the skill level of the players is that generally mm-hmm. and a great percentage of kids don't watch hockey right now. They don't watch hockey games. They watch highlights. They'll watch a little bit here and there. They have their, their phone, of course, right. but they're really good with the skill set, but they don't understand. And as you know, you and I were growing up, we watched full games. We understood yeah. the pass. We understood the beauty of the tic-tac-toe. Yeah. And I do think that's a little, I would like to see kids start to watch the game a little more instead of just watching a, a YouTube highlight and then trying to mimic it. Well, that's just it, right? Like, what's the source of a goal? Many times a goal is not just the play that happened in front. It, it builds. There's 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 building blocks of, of mm-hmm. what needs to take place. And, yeah, it's great to watch things in the in the morning and then catch the highlights, but you don't get to see the, all the blocks. Yeah. You get to see the finish. You get to see the top of the top of the building, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important to, to, to put that through and to – um, you know, and there's a lot of really cool things. I know Chris Verstig's got a really interesting uh, uh, um, app that he's 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 developed where you can uh, uh, it you can go backwards in a game. You press a button and it, and it helps you helps coaches be able to show their kids. Not you don't have to film the whole game, mm-hmm. but you can film. You can go back 15 seconds so it can show that full building block of what transpired before the goal for or goal against wow. or good play or good opportunity. Wow. Yeah, no, first Stig's got the, Chris has got some good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I want to go. I want to go backwards with you a little bit uh, and okay. go back to your career. And first of all, tell tell me you go down to the Hockey Hall of Fame and you take Carl and the Twins, and you go, "Hey, there's that's Dad." <laughs> and if you've been down, <laughs> and if you've been down to the hockey, if you've been yeah. down to the Hockey Hall of Fame, does anybody come up and say, uh, "Excuse me, are, are you Eric Lindros?" Right. I have I mean, a feeling I got asked to pay uh, uh, to pay the uh, admittance charge. So, um, no, we get down the, you know, uh, we generally go All-Star Weekend. We have that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the game at the uh, at Scotia Scotia Place. And and we there's the game there and the kids are down. Um, I know this year that our whole, uh, you know, my uh, my twins will be down there and, and Carl's team will be down there. So um, we're... Uh, We'll we'll be down for that for that, and they're going to go and have a look around. And the it's that great to walk through. Dude, that's got to be cool though. Like, the, yeah. Hey, you. Know, I know you didn't play hockey to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, but man, to be in the pantheon of the greatest of greatest, and and you are right up there. Like, does that ever like some days you'd ever pinch yourself? Go, you know, and and I'm sure to your mom and dad, you know, they they didn't get you in hockey to become a Hockey Hall of Famer, but to know that their son is in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and to know and Brett to know he's such a good hockey player. I mean. Dude, I'm, I just, that would give me chills. You still must get chills to see that HHOF. It's it's definitely an honor. Um, I had a lot of fun at pro for my first eight, nine years. Absolutely. I uh, had a great time. Um, it's an honor to be in there. And it's uh, it's kind of fun to, uh, you know, the to show your kids that plaque and, and kind of walk around a little bit and, and uh, have them see what, uh, what's, what, you know, that, that room, it's a beautiful building. It's set up really well. Kelly Massey and the crew down there do a great job. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's fun to go to. It, it is. And uh, we, we do it once a year, uh, primarily around that, uh, the weekend of, uh, of the hall of fame. Yeah. The career though. I mean, again, albeit shortened by, we're going to talk about concussions in a bit, but uh your numbers, the, 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 the people that you were tracked, you know, leading up to your 100 points, 200 points, you were like among the four fastest to ever get that, uh, to, to know the way it all started, you know, with the controversy and everything else. And, you know, a lot of people always, uh, I think there was always this sort of stigma or cloud that said, Oh, Eric Lindros, you know, this was a, a slight against a, a province or a team. It wasn't, that had nothing yeah. to do with it. I know. I know. Like that's, no, I, that, that's that, that people have revisionist history. I think they uh, listen. It uh, it was a challenge. It was a challenge, and and I'll be honest. Like my, I wasn't. I didn't have a PR firm. I didn't have. Who did? Uh, who did? Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Nordiques did, or Marcelo Obu did. <laughs> he yeah, had a yeah. PR firm. Um, so you know, like I, I just. Looking back, I wish I just had come out and, and really been blunt with it and said, I don't want to play for that owner. I wish yeah. that really, I mean, I, I tried to say it as many times as I could, but I guess it, it just didn't didn't re quite register. So um, anyway, listen, it's uh, it's all done with and and uh, and whatnot. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a few few people that uh, don't quite, uh, quite get it. And I have to, you know, I married a friend. Your woman. wife is from I, Quebec. My wife is from Quebec. Like, <laughs> move on buddy like um so yeah i mean it is what it is rob but some people you know what it's like it's just there's no yeah. change in some people's minds and yeah. uh, it's not worth my time no I, I don't care no um first time i saw you play live uh 1991 canada cup 
uh, first time I think I met you. And I just remember you were so young. At the time. Yeah. So young. We were all so young. But the yeah. impact you made in that Canada Cup, and it was really sort of this coming out party. I mean, everybody knew how good you were. But they, I don't think a lot of people understood at the time, like, you know, a junior hockey league player, could he play at the not only did you play, you excelled in that tournament. That had to be a big deal for you. I had a blast. So I remember the first day walking into Maple Leaf Gardens for training camp. And you you walk into the dressing room, you put your bag down. There's, uh, uh, there. I remember it being Toronto trainers and Chicago trainers. And then looking around at the name tags and just, just being in awe. Like, <laughs> like just in awe. Of, of who was invited. And it was a big camp. I think uh, Mike Keenan invited, oh, I think I would go with 54 people, 54 players, you know, at the start. And, Were there uh, some heroes there that you had not met previously? I'm sure you had, I had met, met Mark Gretzky. Messier. Yeah, I had met Mark Messier. I got a stick for my 16th birthday. Uh, John McCauley, the, uh, um, he was used to run the, uh, you know, Wes's dad. He used to run yeah, yeah. The, the referees. Um, he got me a stick. I met him briefly at, I think it was the Hockey News Awards. Um, but it's one thing to meet somebody and, and have a quick, uh, you know, you're kind of shy. And you're, hello. And, you know, and that's another <laughs> next, thing. Next uh, thing you're in practice, John. Like, throw the tape over, bud. Were you, were, you, were you nervous? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 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 oh, it was, yes, absolutely. So it was, it, I, had a, I had a great time. I remember Steve Larmer. Uh, and Dirk Graham, yeah, uh, and, and and some of the other veterans. I mean, there was just th these guys went out of their way to really help out the younger ones, right? Uh, it was it was they were terrific. Uh, Larms is Larms is I'll never forget him. Um, he, he got he had the uh, Canada Cup winning goal, I believe. He did. Ninety one. I mean, Mr. Slick. He was off the charts. He was a he's just such a reliable guy. Uh, he was he was an excellent player, but off the ice, you know, he. Hey kid, what are you doing? Let's go for dinner. And you know, we'd be in Montreal and he'd, you know, you go to the Barbie barn or you go, you know, like he's, he's no, seriously, but I love the did. Barbie barn, man. Oh yeah. No, you're over there. You get your chicken. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, he just made sure and Dirk was the same and, and, and some other, the, some other guys, they made sure that the younger guys were included and not just, you know, they, they were coming out and they were learning and they were being around uh you know pros and yeah. uh like we, and we had a young team too like which course was on that team uh brendan uh luke robitaille you know it wasn't uh there was a lot of guys 23 and younger 22 yeah. and younger right so yeah, gretz gretz played he got hurt of course in that turn yeah yeah uh, so so the biggest impact i mean you made so many that big it was all samuelson against sweden uh in the corner yeah, uh, that was one of the biggest hit. I, that that may have sparked your arrival. You talked earlier about you know the game today and that there's not anger or I don't want to use the word hatred, but there there isn't it's that not anger. That. It wasn't. It's, it's just yeah. intensity. Just intensity, intensity. Yeah. Yeah. But that can I tell you? I watched that today. That was one of the most intense hits ever. Well, <laughs> hey, <clears throat> but that's what you did. That's that's you played like Messier. You played like a younger Messier. That's what you did. You were a freight train. Well, I had uh, Mark was on that team, and uh, boy, did he ever play well in that tournament. Mm. He was he was fantastic. He's such a great skater. If you 
you watch how smooth he, you know, you go back and watch just how he, how he skated and how he could, uh, you know, the old kickstart, uh, 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 motorcycle snapshot off the back foot. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's that guy could fly. He was, <laughs> he could fly. And a great leader. Good dude. Yeah. 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 So that was, uh, that was just a lot of fun on that, on that team and some really, uh, some really wonderful people. And, and, uh, yeah. um, Oh, who was the, uh, I mean, everybody, there are so many characters, even, uh, even that, uh, the, the photography guy, Jimmy, uh, oh, yeah. remember Jimmy, Jimmy Lipa. Yeah. He was a Jimmy, classic. He was a classic. Look at the camera. <laughs> yeah. making, making all the guys laugh. Oh, he was great. I love Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy did, did you think, did you think though, that, that, that was a perfect tournament for you at the perfect time? And, you know, announcing your arrival into the National Hockey League, you know, you go to Philly, the career begins. What an outstanding precursor to what became a Hall of Fame career. Well, it's good and bad, though, because it might have prolonged how long it took for me to get traded. Yeah. That's the only the only downside. Yeah. I had a blast during that tournament. I learned so much. I had a great time. I had no idea what an optional was. I, I remember uh, Sutter just uh, – or uh, – oh, um, Pat Burns, um, just staring at me, giving me the <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Oh, God rest his soul. An optional practice. And I, I mean, I, I had no idea what it was. Yeah. We never had optional practices in Oshawa. We just, you know, practice was practice. And, uh, you know, we had gone, uh, I don't know, 10 days straight or whatever. And he said, oh, we got a day off. And then, uh, or, or, you know, but you guys are coming to this practice. It's not really an option for you. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, getting out there and then burns and I was just glaring at me, uh, <laughs> get your butt moving. Let's go. Oh, let's go. He, oh yeah. No, I learned a lot. I, yeah. I learned a lot. Sutter was there. Uh, uh, we had, we had a really good coaching staff and it was, uh, it was interesting. It was fun. I learned, uh, learned great things. So you do get traded. You go to Philly, big deal. Yeah. You're the big deal. Double eights, 88 in town, uh, city of brotherly love. How would you, looking back on it now, categorize your time wearing that flyer emblem in that jersey? I had a blast doing it. We had we had some work to do getting our team back in shape and back to, into contention. But uh, Bob Clark made one of the best trades going and getting John Leclerc and Eric Desjardins and Gilbert Dion out of Montreal for for Mark Recchi. I mean, it was it was. Mark's a really good player, but the way that those other pieces came back to fit into what we had uh, and what started we started the Legion of Doom. Uh, yeah, I mean it was just great, Johnny. It, and it didn't take long for Johnny, Rennie, and I to, to to get clicking and to get moving, and and uh, things just started to develop. So we had a we had a really good time. Eric Desjardins was another, you know, he's, he was our best defenseman for for years and years. I mean, he was he's a stud back there. He, uh, mm. yeah, I mean. He was on the Olympic team. He's. He, I. I don't think people quite understood how good Eric. Uh, Eric was, um, uh, as a player. So, um, yeah, we had. Uh, that was. A, that was a, a. A terrific move and a real boost for us because our first couple of years we. We did miss the playoffs by much. I think the first year we missed by a couple of points, and the second year, but it didn't matter if we got into the playoffs. We we're going to get crushed anyway. So, um, you know, third year we were good. We were solid. We went all the way. I think we were in the semis. We lost the jersey. That we had a real good team, um, and uh, and we lost the jersey in the semifinals in I think six games. 
but uh, that was a that was a good squad and it you know we had some good chances along the way uh thereafter we uh just never seemed to pull it together completely when it uh when it was there we uh, we were lacking a few a few parts here and yeah. there yeah you and yeah you and bobby clark uh, you know had had that tete-a-tete -tete, that that uh the bit of it was a, a bit of a storm in philadelphia at the time obviously and it it led to your departure eventually did you and bobby clark ever kind of make up through the years i mean clearly you went back to philly they retired your jersey yeah no I, did you ever maybe regret not from your part but yeah that 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 or or i hope that that would have never happened because i kind of think that you might have been a flyer for life i wish that would have been the case um i wish that uh i wish things were uh things were i think i wish things turned out differently absolutely mm -hmm. but yeah. you know um Bob wasn't happy with uh, what I what I what I had to say, and things deteriorated from there. I wasn't happy with the way a lot of things went down over the yeah. course of about a year and a half, and you know, from everything from the collapse lung to I mean, but I don't, we don't need to get into it. It's no. just you know, it's water under the bridge, and and uh, I see Bob today, and you know, I'm respectful. I thought Bob was a, an excellent hockey player, mm -hmm. and uh, um. Yeah, he did uh, some really good things for our for our team when he was uh, when he was the general manager, mm -hmm. and uh, and I'll focus on the positive. Yeah, what was it like though to go back and have that jersey retired? And one that thing I know, fun. one oh, thing yeah. I know about hey, Eric, you are one of the toughest hombres. You're a stubborn guy as we all are, but you're a big softy as well. You are a softy. You got a nice, one of the nicest guys. You know, you had to be so emotional that night, especially with all this stuff you went through. It was really so. I mean, P Paul Holmgren was a huge factor in how everything turned out. He reached out prior to that outdoor game, and we started talking a little bit, and, and you know, going through a few things. And and had he not done that, it, it I, I don't know how where things would turn out would have turned out. Um, but he did. I'm grateful for it. I'll always be grateful for to, to Paul Holmgren for for his actions and and. And the way that uh and the person that he is so um we started to chat went back for that outdoor game and and things started to develop from there so uh but that night it was real special my family's there and you know you pop out underneath uh you're in the center ice and then you, you pop out underneath uh i had no idea what a pookie was do you know you know the pookie <laughs> <laughs> what is the pookie for our for well, our listeners like a, and viewers it's like, a, it's like a frying pan over top of you right like it's a big black thing and then you're out in center ice but they're all watching the screen and then all of a sudden they pull up this this curtain that's a big like square tent. They call it a pookie, and uh, the, the pookie goes up, and then, then you're you're out there at center ice, and uh, and uh, you're waving around, right? So, uh, oh, that was hilarious. That was fun. I had a great time. Wow, yeah, it was good, dude. I, I never knew what a pookie was. Now, I there, didn't there, know I'm gonna I mark didn't that know down. Either. So, so you go to, to you go to New York, young guy in the streets of Broadway, playing for one of the most cherished original six franchises. Yeah. In, in my mind, still one of the great buildings in hockey in Madison Square Garden. What was what was your time in New York like? It got off rocky because of the, and it, you know, we got 9-11. Yeah. Um, well, for, well, let's go back to that. Yeah. Because Tom Rennie's told me st stories about that stuff too and what, what it was like there. T tell me where you were, what it was like during 9-11 and of all things, you, you get you move to New York, and then people are flying planes into buildings. So we 
at the last minute, for some reason or another, Glenn Sather moved our training camp out of one of the World Trade Center buildings and moved it up to Westchester. I think we were supposed to have some sort of uh, physical testing down there. And for, and it was just, it was changed about two weeks prior to, uh, to September 11th. Um, we had, so guys are going in for their physicals. I was going in, I was at, uh, on the Upper West Side going in to do that Regis and Kelly show. Oh, wow. So that was, I think it was around that, that day, that day, it was oh, about 11 o'clock. And you know, they have those green rooms or you sit yeah. back, you know, whatever the, the, the wow. you're, up, you're up next room and kelly came in kelly ripple came into that room stared at the tv and that was like she just she was just had her hand over her face and we we're all watching the the what was going on and that was you know out of the out of the studio and at the time i was staying up at uh mark messier had a, a ground floor apartment uh just a one bedroom thing he was up on the second floor and so I was staying there and I just went back to that, to that spot and tried to, tried to phone home and you could, you, there was no cell service. There was nothing. And then it was just clouds and clouds. I'll just remember the dust coming from downtown wow. and it was just, and the drones of people, you know, coming up and getting ready to walk over the bridge to go home or, or wherever they were, they needed to get to. It was just, it was, it was one of the, it was just so incredibly sad. What, so what, what did sad. you say to your parents? Your parents are back here, obviously Brett, where was Brett at the time? I don't, I, I don't remember. I don't know where Brett was at the yeah. time. Um, but I called home. It took a while. I think you can imagine everyone's trying to call, right? Yeah. There's more, more communication that day than any other day. Um, you know, probably maybe that decade. So, mm -hmm. um, it was it was tough to get home but i finally got you know got in touch uh with home and and uh and then the team got in touch and you know we we s tried to start over and uh and get back to uh you know you just kind of refocus yeah. what what our intentions were some uh, sort of some sort of normal like some right sort of normal Do, right when did you start feeling comfortable there I don't think you ever start feeling comfortable after that. That was, yeah. that's, that was scary. That really yeah. was. That's not hockey. That's not, no. you know, that's, it's not uh collapse line. It's not uh misdiagnosed situation. That's, that's, that's beyond. What that perspective is. you must have, Eric. Think about yeah. all the stuff you've gone through and then plus that. Well, you know, and then, geez, at the start of every one of our games or at, at Madison Square, we'd, we'd have a salute to the, to the, um, emergency services groups. And it was just, oh my God, like there's so many people lost and so many people that tried to help out. And, and it was, it was just horrible. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. It was, it was just the saddest, saddest scenario going. It was, uh, some guys had uh, friends, some of the guys that had played there for a while, knew a bunch of people uh in, uh, in some of the trading shops up uh um mm -hmm. and uh you know they lost a lot of friends I, it was it was it was really it was really sad yeah have you ever gone back to the the memorial at world trade center i haven't been back to new york yeah. in a long long time yeah. um 
It's I, profound. I mean, I think someday, you know, you're, you're going to probably take your kids there too. I mean, it I is, think it's important it's a, it's to take a, them there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's an amazing tribute, but I, 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 yeah, completely forgot that that was a time timing for you and you're about to do a show, but again, things, you know, obviously life goes on, games go on. Right. Uh, I remember the Yankees Mets game. Remember that in New York, that was yeah. kind of helped, helped with the healing. And I, I still well, think that's Right. Yeah. That's what John Rosasco would. So our John Rosasco is one of the best PR guys you're ever going to meet. And mm -hmm. he comes into the room and he says, all right, we're going to we're going to press reset on this. And our job now is to take the minds off what happened, uh, you know, refocus the minds of the people on something positive as opposed to, you know, continuing yeah. to, to remember what 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 happened. Don't forget about what happened, but let's not think about it constantly. Let's give them for three hours or two and a half hours during this night the absolute best we can offer so that they can have some sort of mental vacation, you might say. Yeah. And that's how John Rosasco uh, went about it. John is, John's fantastic. John's terrific. So mm. um, that's how the team kind of, they look on it. And uh, I, I thought we got off to a fairly good start and, and uh, had uh, lots of support, obviously within the, you know, within the city. And we had a chance to go down to, uh, to the, to the site and to, to say hello to, to the workers and to, you know, get down there and actually see the destruction. I mean, it was, it was, those yeah. are big. That's a, that's, that's big. That, that's, that has a, that ha must've had a lasting impact to, I mean, it will have an impact on you for forever as it has for everybody. Right. The loads, like it was just, it, you can imagine the pile of, it's just incredible. It was just, wow. it was, it was over the top. Wow. It really was. It was really sad. Yeah. Um, and you know, they, and one thing about New York is it, it does bounce. It bounces back big time. The people are incredible there. Yeah. Uh, as you found out as, as hockey fans, it's, 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 it's quite a, it's quite an interesting place to play. Your first two cities that you play in, uh, probably have the most, the loudest and most, uh, voracious and sometimes vitriolic fan bases people who will yeah. give it to you. Uh, and they've got, by the way, they study, they, they've got really good lines. Yes. No, there, there's some, there's some, there's a lot of humor in there too. Uh, there's some funny stuff that goes on, but when it's, uh, no, those two cities, they pay attention and their fans are intense and that's just the way it is. That's, yeah. uh, and that's a great scenario to play in. Right. I mean, it's uh, kind of the same here. And I think it's a little bit different. The, the fan here in Toronto versus the actions the fan would take or what they would verbalize in New York or, or Philly. But the intensity to a point is, is there. I don't know. I don't know how anybody would want to wake up and play in a place where, you know, you walk into the diner, after, you know, the morning after a game and you're not re really recognized. I mean, it's, you want like the pressure of all that is just fantastic. That's what, that's what drives the train, right? Like that's what, yeah. you know, yeah, we used to have the canary down here. So when I play for the <laughs> leaves, you know, you walk it. Yeah. You remember the canary? Yeah. The, oh. the, the restaurant over. Uh, oh my gosh. How many guys have been to that place? Yeah, right. So yeah. you know, you walk in, you have your eggs on your way to to, to and they, everybody in that restaurant knows if you had a really good game or you had a stinker, right? Yeah, uh, and I don't think you ever had to pay. Well, you had to pay if you had a stinker. You didn't have to pay if you had a good one. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So 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 that's where I want to get to is is coming home, coming yeah. home and playing for your team and your town. What I wish it like? would have happened a little bit earlier when I was. Uh, See, once you get, I, what I had, and everyone's different, but I found that my timing and the way that I could recognize situations in the game altered every time I got concussed. Now, I got a little bit slower. 
I never quite got back to, and it's a, it's the difference of a half second here or like, it's not much. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's all the difference in the world when you accumulate just those little. How moments. many did you have like eight or nine? It's not so much about the, the yeah. numbers were high, but it's the, it's the intensity of each one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Casperitis one and the Scott Stevens ones were that, yeah. that was uh, those ones were intense. So, listen, it, I mean, it, I just I wasn't as good as I, I, you know, I was when I was in Philly, um, but uh, I still love to play, and I can still get around and 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 go at it. I had a I turned down a you know the 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 insurance company have a, you know, you obviously have a lot of insurance and mm -hmm. there's a bunch of doctors uh, saying, you know, you should, you should retire and, and uh, you know, just, uh, but I, I just wanted to play. I thought I could continue to, to, to contribute and worked hard for that year. It's the Leafs. It's your yeah. hometown. Well, I loved it. I, I love playing for the Leafs and, and uh, we weren't very good. Uh, we had salary cap uh, scenarios and uh, kind of a Apache team, but uh that was fun. I think the getting out of the out of the shoot, we were we were doing all right. We had a good go. We lost Matt Sundin in the first game to an eye injury, mm. and I think we didn't get him back until about the fifteenth game or twelfth game in around there. Um, but we were hanging in there. We were uh, we had more than a winning record, and uh, you know it was uh, it was good. Yeah. It you get to Dallas, you get to the Hockey Hall of Fame, and it's so easy to sit and talk with you about a career and then condense it into a few minutes because you could sit and talk with hours. But your career speaks for itself and what you did as a Hall of Famer. But I think what speaks to you as a champion, and unfortunately, you, you're, there are a lot of players that never won a cup, but I do think you are a champion, championing the cause uh, for concussion awareness and Rowan's Law and everything. Yeah, well. Yeah, I, I mean, how I know... You don't do that because you want to hear people say that. But you must be so proud of the awareness yourself, Keith Primo, others who have helped in this regard. And we're getting closer, but how far away are we still from really completely understanding everything? Well, I think that's a, that's that's just the question right there. I think it's gotten better. But uh, until there's a full buy-in where there's complete collaboration and sharing um on our research uh from our research groups they it just seems that it's just disjointed and we spend i don't know over a billion dollars in research each year here in canada mm -hmm. and i don't know how things have have gotten better i have not read one article about how things have, have gotten better it just seems like it's disjointed so i worked a lot with western i i sent some money that direction you sent a lot and, of money in that and, direction. well and the idea was you know like I, a big part of it was let's, let's collaborate because not one university could be good at everything. So you've got McGill with really good visual, uh, uh, a lot of the, the visual tools. Western's got this, uh, some of the same. Some of the other universities have are, are strong in, in, in blood work or they're you know everyone's got something that they're that they're good at. But if we could network it properly, where people weren't sitting on their information and sharing it, and getting it out there as quickly as they could, as opposed to really, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there, a little drab, really making a push for, for, you know, picking what we want to do and then let's go at it. I mean, look at COVID. I mean, the one thing that COVID showed, COVID was absolutely shit. But the one thing that COVID showed was that if there's a real problem, we really want to get to it. There's a way 
to get vaccinations or there's a way within a short period of time yeah. that we can figure out a solution. Now it's not a hundred percent, you know, as it turns, you know, whatever you can, you can argue either way, but um, you know, there was a, a solution and the groups work together. Um, there were different entities going and there's a lot of financial situations, uh, um, you know, that, that, that played, uh, that played roles in this, but as a whole, it didn't take 17 years to go from an idea to a product that people could could utilize. Mm-hmm. It was within what? A year, uh, nine months, a year? Yeah, very quick. It's possible, right? So don't tell me that things need to take 17 years to go through all these processes. You sound it, frustrated by, by the, the lack uh, of movement on nothing, it. Uh, listen, nothing ever, it, it needs a shakeup. It really yeah. does. It needs a shakeup. Things haven't changed. I mean, just watch the movie Concussion. I thought that movie Concussion would have would have even helped a little bit. And the awareness that was created from all right. of the sports and everyone that's been affected that by a, a concussion. You've you've been more affected than most people. Yeah, yeah. So here's what happens in in, in Canada, and this is just my personal opinion: is that the universities, no one wants to take a, a knee to another university. So with that said, it has to come from a federal level. Mm-hmm. And the only way that the, the only way that we can get all the universities collaborating and working together is to, is, is to control how the, the monies that are going into the universities. So if you're not playing as part of the team, you're not going to get funded. This is what we're going to try and work on. This is what you got going on. But you know, you know, there's got to be something there to, to to bring the groups together and that make them collaborate much more than what they're doing right now. They're not collaborating very much at all. Yeah, I, let's 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 cross our fingers and and thanks to to people like you and I'm sure for all those listening and watching. I mean, a, a, a great kudos to, to what you have done and what you continue to do. I know you get frustrated, but I, <laughs> I mean, you you want to you want to pardon the pun. You want to see that light. You want to see that. You want to see something. It's probably there. Well, we're doing well here in Ontario with Rowan's Law, and primarily it's about awareness and teaching. Uh, we didn't want to make it a big onus, uh, onerous uh, scenario on coaches or trainers or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's really just about understanding. And if there's any question, if there's any question or there's a kind of a flip of the coin, let's get the kid to the doctor. Let the doctor have a look. What's the point of risking something? Let's just take a seat and chill out, get them to a doctor, and maybe they're going to be fine. Maybe they, And hopefully they will be. A lot of times, they, most of the time, they will be. But... The, you know, that, that three, four, 5% where they go back and play and then they get hit again. Uh, and then because they're, uh, their armor's down and, and, uh, they're more susceptible to a concussion, it, you know, it just builds and then it gets worse and worse. So I think it's about looking out, not just for your own kid, not just looking out for, uh, you know, the other kids on your, on your kid's team, but let's look out for the opposition. Let's look out for you know, people at school um, and then having the, the schools and the education uh, groups every year and Rowan's Law Day really go through what a concussion is and how the brain works a little bit so that we can teach these kids every year, uh, you know, at the start of the school year, fresh, you're getting it back into sports, hockey started up and, and all your other sports are going on. It's just a nice reminder of what to look for and uh, and how to how to act following something that Hey, listen, they're going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, uh, that's what sports, uh, I shouldn't say what it's about, but it's part of sport and it's part of life. There's a lot of kids that uh, hurt themselves and how the concussions occur on playgrounds and slip and falls and bike rides. And, you know, it's not just hockey. It's not just football. So 
um, it affects us all and, and uh, obviously to varying degrees. But if we can, it's pretty simple just to spread the word and just to, uh, to keep an eye open. Well, Eric, we know, you know, you take it from someone who's been there and, and you've been there and uh, continued success with all you do surrounding that. So a lot of people probably ask you, like, what does I, I know you're a dad and yeah. a proud dad yeah. and a husband and you like to play, you know, buddy hockey, beer hockey. Well, it's not beer hockey. No, I it's guess 8, it's in the morning. In the morning. It's a little yeah, early for the beer. Yeah, so. you know <laughs> well, for some. Uh, but what, what does Eric Lindros do these days? Well, I get myself involved in some startups. Uh, a few here and there. Some have uh, some have a really good uh, fun time with. Um, and uh, whether they turn out or whether they don't, uh, you know, you learn a lot. Um, you learn that you're, you're reaching out and seeing a bunch of different people. Um, and some have gone quite well. And hopefully uh, some of the new ones that, uh, that we're into uh, will go, uh, go just as fine. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. It's not, uh, it's not one thing. I don't, I'm not, it's not a day-to-day -day scenario. It's not an office mm -hmm. scenario, but just being involved and, and uh, um, helping to, uh, you know, have some ideas and to consult with people. That's, that's basically what it is. I put people in touch with other people and it, it seems to get, uh, uh, get over the hurdles. Yeah. Well, you're good at that. And I know you got to probably do that. So I'm not, I don't want to, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you, pal. No, no uh, problem. But, no. but I know you like to golf. So Actually, like you know what? I haven't golfed. I you golfed. haven't played? I played once this year. Uh, full 18. Because you're, you're too busy doing startups. I, well, no, not that. And, you got, and busy right. being a dad. That's the most important well, thing. There's a lot of that, but I just, I don't know. I just, uh, I didn't, it, the bug's not there. I just didn't, uh, I had fun playing, but I just didn't uh, do it. But I will say at St. George's, what a great, like the, the, the vibe for the Canadian Open. Oh, it was spectacular. Night. Did you was go down? off the charts. That oh, was Rory McIlroy, the rink and everything. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was awesome. No, Mark Teske did a great job over there. Yeah. For that. Uh, yeah, oh, that was amazing. Okay. So I know you're not playing, but here, I'm going to ask you to play a quick 18 with me right now. So I'm going to ask okay. you 18 quick questions. Okay. And you can yep. give me a, whatever. There's, it's not a game show. There's no right or wrong answer, but just give me your, your stream of consciousness. So here we go. Okay. Some sure. of them are easy. Some of them you can say no comment or go, you can give me the finger, right? Whatever. Uh, why 88? Why 88? Ian Fraser was our captain in Oshawa. He wore number eight. Uh, I always, I wore eight the year before with, uh, Wes McCauley and, uh, at, at St. Mike's. And so I came there, I was offered, I was offered 24, uh, or 80, 24, another number and an 88. So I, 88 looked pretty cool. That's how it, that's kind of how it, uh, came there. I think of the great lineage, the 99s, the 88s, the 66, the 87s is all good. Uh, best goal you ever scored, Eric Lindros? Best goal? I don't know. Uh, scored a lot of them. Well, I mean, I, I whatever. But, uh, oh, pass. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't. Uh, I don't know. I like that pass. pass. Uh, you can use a lifeline if you like. <laughs> you can make a phone call. Well, um, you had a lot of them. Just go to YouTube. Well, Best player who ever played the game of hockey. Whoa. Can I break this into two parts? Sure. It's your well, game. I, I got to go with, you know, I got to go with Mark is fantastic in so many different areas. 
the rough and tumble side for that era and the intensity and the fierceness and competitiveness, you know, mass, but being in Pitt, being in Philadelphia and, and having Pittsburgh so close, there is, and no offense to anybody that I'm not including here or talking about, but Mario Lemieux was, it was scary. Incredible. It, it was, it was scary. Right? Like it was just, yeah. it was nuts. You couldn't get the puck off him. I it try to tell people that. Absolutely. It was a whole different scenario. It was just crazy. It was, he was the most gifted player i I mean, sometimes I didn't even think he was trying. Like with he was, e- yeah, right. I was going to say with ease. He did it with ease. I know. He was smooth. He had the reach. Yeah. He could skate. Yeah, crazy. He knew where to be. He, you know, uh, he was. Yeah, good answer. Mario's, Mario's pretty special. Mario's okay. extremely special. Yeah. Funniest player ever. Funniest player ever. Beside yourself. You're pretty funny. Uh, I'm not very funny. But I would go with uh, Danny Lacroix was pretty funny. Frenchie. Uh, and Jobert Dion was pretty funny. Um, there's some Dale Puritan was, I found him quite humorous in, in New York. Uh, ah, there's a bunch of guys that are, that are pretty, uh, pretty crafty. Had some, some good, uh, some good things to say. Toughest, yeah. toughest player ever, ever. In what sense? I guess I don't know. I guess that because uh, you can go a grind sense. I guess you could go a physical sense. I mean, you could go a fighting sense. Uh... Let me go. Let me go. Toughest player. Like, and this guy's a great okay. guy too. Is is I'm gonna go toughest player to play against, who can also participate offensively uh, for his team. Like, it's one thing to just be a shutdown yeah. guy and to score five goals a year. It's another thing to be a guy like Bobby Halik that goes up against all the number one centers, oh, wow. number one lines. And still contribute to 25, 30 goals a year, you know, 55 points. Uh, do absolutely everything. He's a, he's a, he was such a pain in the ass to play against. He's just a, such a strong, he's a, the big check body. He was just a, he was great on faceoffs. He was at a, at, a, at a decent shot. And I got to play with him in New York. And I, he's completely under, underestimated. Wow. Good underrated, one. rather. Uh, most embarrassing or funniest moment uh, that you had on the ice? Maybe you most, didn't. Most embarrassing, or you know, something that happened, or on, I guess on, not necessarily on the ice. Maybe on the bench. Somebody fired. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, my most embarrassing. Oh, I, no, I was I was in the dressing room in uh, Philly, and it was kind of one of those. You know, when early '90s, and uh, I hadn't grown up with Purelater and hadn't grown up with with FedEx and things like that. And the FedEx, I was expecting something. And this young guy came in, and he's got his, you know, he's got the trolley, and he's got the box, and he's, you know, he's all the boxes shut, shut up, and he's got medical supplies, and he's bringing it in to uh, to our trainings room, our training staff's room. And uh, I'm worried about something that I had ordered that was supposed to be shipped, and and. Uh, I was asking the guy if he'd seen my box, and Johnny's across the he's, Johnny Leclerc's over in the in the chair over there, and he just starts laughing. He goes, "Eric, you have any idea that those, you know, FedEx has got you know fifty thousand square feet of boxes, and this guy has no clue where your box is, buddy. So just keep moving on." That was, uh, yeah, that that one lasted for a long time. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, in terms of the game itself, I don't know if there is. Yeah. There wasn't quite one there, but I, I'm sure I did some real stupid things off the ice. 
Guaranteed. Um, what's what's your go-to karaoke song? Uh, I don't know how good you're at singing, or what is that one that you always hum? What's what's your favorite song? Oh, I like to screech that sweet child of mine. Oh yeah, you want to give a us a little? Nah. Yeah. I like that. I like oh, that. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do that car. up in Muskoka sometime. Windows up in the car. The, the <laughs> crank. Sweet yeah. child of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, oh. I think uh, I'm going to drop my kid there. Send my kid over to that guy's place for, uh, for a play date. Yeah. yeah. Best movie ever. Oh, best movie ever. Uh, God. Steel Magnolia. Uh, that, that I love that's a good movie. See, you know that there's that goes to why you're such a softy. I See that? that look at you. I love that movie. I'd always I have always loved that movie. I thought uh, that that's movie that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh did, did you watch any binge uh, shows during COVID? What's the last binge show you watched, or what's your best, your most favorite binge show? Most favorite, I think, is Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. I like that. I enjoyed that. Uh Oh, Reese Witherspoon is doing some really good stuff. Surface was good. Mm -hmm. um, you watch Succession? A, what's that? You watch Succession? Yes, that was good. Good, I yeah. Succession, that was, uh, yeah, that was uh, the, the, the family. Uh, <laughs> did, you, so did, you, did you get into Breaking Bad when it was out? I did. I did, but my, yeah. but Kena wasn't, uh, she, yeah. didn't, she didn't feel it. Um, <laughs> did you see uh, The Boys? Have you watched The Boys? The the what? The boys. No, it's a that? pretty good one. It's uh, like a superhero's gone bad. Oh, okay. It's pretty good, yeah. yeah. There's there's so many out there. You can sit and watch television all. all oh, day. it's there. It, you know, when it's gotten better, just in the last six or eight months, there yeah. was a lull there. Like everything came out, we all were stuck at yeah. home. And then I found just per, I don't know if you found this, but we ripped through all the show. Everybody's texting one another. Have you seen anything good? Have you seen anything good? And, and you watch like 10 hours straight. And look, well, like you're sitting at home waiting for, you know, the, the chief medical advisor to just tell you that, you know, COVID numbers are going up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, it's just getting oh, yeah. worse and worse. Yeah. And, you can only you know, watch so much CNN. Oh, it's yeah. bad times there. But uh, we got through it. And, uh, and I think that, uh, I, I hopefully we're hopefully we're past it. Hopefully yeah. uh, we don't have to go through that again. Um, if there is an Eric Lindros mini series or a TV movie, I think there will be. By the way, and if the no, sure they approach you, oh, yeah. so who plays? Okay, I, I think I tell you your story is so compelling. Who plays you? Who plays Eric Lindros? Who do you want to play you in the know. movie? I don't know. I, I I can't answer that. I have no idea. And I, and honestly, I don't. The, the 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 actors that I really know their names are all, you know, they're older, uh, you know. Uh, I'm not up to date on these, uh, uh, you know, for the time for the era or whatever. So okay. who's the, I don't know. I don't know uh, well, I'll, well, I'll find an actor. I'll be your casting agent. A favorite okay. favorite city in the world. I love Toronto. I think Toronto's got a lot to offer. It's got a lot that it can fix, but. Overall, I love the city. Um, I do. I think the city's uh, this is great. It's multicultural. It's mm. lots of parks. It's it's got a, the subway lines are. I, I think with this Eglinton Rail, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. It's really going to improve things. Yeah. Does it have some issues? For sure. I think uh, you know density is one thing I, that I don't know if it's been really 
thought out, but uh, you know, it's, it's a great spot. I think it's overall for a big city, quite safe. I think there's some really good schools around and the people I just find, uh, I think there's some nice people in Toronto. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, I, we're, you're close to finishing this round. Romantic night out with Kina. What is the Eric Lindros? Oh my! What, what, where what do you? What do you? Where should we start? Where, and where, where do I begin? I do know you. I think you're. A, I, think you're <laughs> I think you're a romantic guy too. I know you're that tough, burly kind of oh, hockey yeah, player sure. guy. But well, you got to. Yeah, you know, you got to start off with the flower store with the rose petals, right? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, that hasn't. Uh, no, uh, I don't know. We we have we like to go out. There's lots of good restaurants around here, uh, around where we live, and. I like to go. I mean, Kenneth still likes to sit in a the theater and watch it, a really good, a really good movie. So that's uh, that's fun. Um, you know, it's geez, they're few and far between. So we're either going to an event, or it's not too often we get, uh, uh, you know, with the three kids, we got you know the time for time for ourselves. So yeah, um, yeah, you take it when you can. But it's really just uh, heading out for a, a nice dinner and. Uh, um, and having a good uh, good chat, good catch up. Now you're not 50 yet till next year, but you're. You, you, everybody talks bucket list. What's on your bucket list? What do you want to do? What what what's something that you really want to do that Eric Lindros has not done? I would like to see Rowan's Law become a national situation. I don't understand why it it isn't. I think uh, we have some things to work out here in Ontario. But once that heavy lifting is done, we can take that template. And we can utilize that in every other province. We've we've placed this thing at kind of a, a floor level uh, in terms of accept uh, in terms of how other provinces could adapt to this. It's it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that hard. And the money that we'd save and the the marketing that we could occur, the power of the marketing, where you know you think of Rowan, uh, you think of concussion the same way you think of Amber, and you think of a missing child. I mean, we've really got to get working on that. So that would be one thing I still want to see finished off. Um, I want to build a log cabin. That's, that's, <laughs> I do. I, I want to build a log cabin. Oh, wow. I think uh, I got it. I bought a mill. I, uh, I, I bought did. one of these. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you. I, uh, I bought one of these. You're the world's people. most interesting man. I really do yeah, think I, that. I bought one of these uh, bandsaw mills, and uh, we do a lot of boards. Or we do all our deck boards at Fish Camp, and uh, um, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I would love to build a log cabin and, and uh, you know, throw something together and have, uh, you know, have the kids' uh, little little bunkies in there and whatever. Nice. And go and, uh, and chill out. Please invite me up and we'll have a few beverages. Uh, sounds and I'll do sounds some very fishing. good. And finally, if you can finish this sentence, I, Eric Lindros, owe the success in my life to. An, in, an incredible amount of people, but primarily my family, my parents, my wife, uh, and a real a handful of really really thoughtful coaches and and uh and supporters um yeah but there's a lot there's a lot of people i can i can thank oh my gosh i could be we could be here for hours it's incredible like think about it think about all the all the people that you had since you were just a little kid i, I remember ozzy sherrard was my first coach and you know we weren't passing the puck and he 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 stopped everything and you know he had one kid uh 
go and race as fast as he could. And then he passed the puck. He goes, who's going to win this race? Or, you know, he showed that passing the puck was way quicker than the kids skating. And I'll never forget all these little moments at every coach, John Fuda, uh, you know, uh, geez, I mean, Larry Morrison, the, the list goes on and on and on uh, with, uh, with what each one has, has said. And, and uh, Rick Kronakia, um, geez, uh, Roger Nielsen. I mean, there's a pile. It just goes, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And everyone has uh, some really good things to offer. Yeah. And, and I, <laughs> You know, knowing where you're, your background and everything that's gone in, on in your life, how, how important family is. I mean, I think, you know, that that's the next stage. The biggest stage of your life is 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 being a dad. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, no, it's fun. We got a good good little team over here. We have, uh, we have they're funny. Well, the, the three of them, they're all funny in their own way. There's a lot of. There's a lot of humor that goes on into some good. You do have a t you, you're just missing a goalie. You got five. You, so, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Hey, listen, listen. Uh, thank you for your time. I know you don't do a lot of these. Um, I tell people all the time how great of a guy you are. Uh, you're a great hockey player. You're a greater guy. And the biggest thing is what you give back to the community and your continued uh, mission to help with concussion awareness. I, I, I wish you all the best in that. Can't wait to see you. I guess not on a golf course, but maybe at a hockey rink down the road. Sounds good. I look forward to it, Rod. Thanks for having me on. Pete, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Take care. The Rodcast with Rod Black. Brought to you by North Star Bets. That's a win.